Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the rest of the K-Fabe crew, the rest of my holy trinity, Mr. Jesse Baker, Mr. Wex breaking the loss, and boys, how we living today. Oh, I can't complain at all. I just came from Springwater in the middle of getting the bar back open, getting booked, getting some shows down. Had a marathon day on Saturday out in Tullahoma, Tennessee for Crux Wrestling with two pretty badass back-to-back doubleheader shows with Mr. Wexley. Wex, what would you think? Man, that was uh, probably the biggest, craziest event I've ever been a part of. Outrageous. You got a little bit of everything. You got some slobber knockers, some technicality, some bizarre shit, which you're always going to get at Crux Wrestling. It was fantastic. I'm fired up for this comparison. Feeling good today. Got a little tequila and squirt going. Yeah, it sounds sounds like a good time. Let's let's get into it, boys. The show today is AEW's Blood and Guts versus TNA Lockdown 2011. Uh, TNA Lockdown 2011 being an obvious anniversary show, and then AEW Blood and Guts being kind of the talk of the town uh, uh, this this past week. A little, uh, and it's been, I feel like it's actually been pretty, um, you know, there, there's been a lot to say about the ratings and it being the highest cable show that, that night and everything. And that's great. But I do feel like the overall reception for the event has been like either love or hated. Uh, it's, it's, it's either gone one way or the other. I don't know anybody that's kind of in between on it. Um, and then lockdown, man, you know, there's 2011 was just not a good, very good year for wrestling. So um, we're going to get into that one. Uh, guys, any notes here about this comparison? Like 2011 lockdown, AEW blood and guts. What just like, what are the, what's the, uh, the whispers that you've been hearing, Wex? I mean, I've heard things from like WWE officials saying that blood and guts set the, the industry back 30 years when said wrestlers from WWE were like, well, I would love to do something like that. Yeah. And wasn't wrestling pretty good 30 years ago? Yeah. I just th- yeah. I thought it used to be pretty good. And what's interesting about this comparison here, how many of the same wrestlers we have on both shows? Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Jesse, any thoughts on this overview here? I mean, there's definitely how many wrestlers we have on both shows. And then there's also the fact that, like, minus a couple bells and whistles, the formats for both main events are ostensibly the same. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I didn't know that when I put these two things together. I just kind of said, hey, this one's a cage. That one's a cage. Let's go. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, so lots of similarities. Maybe not so much in quality. So <laughs> get into that. Time will tell. Let's dive right into it here. We're going to kick things off with the nostalgia show. It's TNA Lockdown 2011. I believe they're in Cincinnati, Ohio. Is that correct? That is yes. correct. It's the U.S. Bank Arena. Yeah, the Cincinnati. U.S. Bank Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, home of the Reds. Yeah, and uh, I thought that actually the opening package was cool. And I thought that, like, you know, this is just a, a, a situation of a lot of potential and just really poor execution. Because, I mean, it looked like a decent house in an arena. And it's like, you know, TNA on tour. I don't really remember that. I always just kind of thought of them as a studio brand, you know. So, um I don't know. I thought the initial promo package, the production was done well, too. I think Sahadi was the one doing it here at this time in 2011. Um, What are your thoughts on that opening package and just, you know, the thought of TNA being on tour? Because I don't really remember them being a TNA touring brand, Jesse. Where are you at on that? 
I think this is, uh, you know, another Bischoff-Hogan rub-off. You know, we're back to the four-sided ring, and they started going on the road. And, you know, that's a lot of just traditional thinking, trying to bring a little bit of business into the business instead of keeping the lame, stale television format that they had for such a long time. It's really hard to get a a really hype-ass crowd when it's the same motherfuckers that don't care about wrestling. This is a wrestling crowd that came to see a wrestling show based on a lot of talent that came from WWE. I mean, you can look at the roster that we'll cover – and you know that crowd was sitting there like, oh, man, we get to see this motherfucker and this motherfucker and this motherfucker. But little did they know it was not what they saw them do before. Yeah. Wex, what do you think about this open, man? It was very good open. Open was probably better than the whole show, sad to say. I don't, don't want to spoil it or anything, but, I mean, it was a good production on the open. But kind of like you said, lots of potential, just poor execution. And they, I actually went to the next year's lockdown in 2012. It came into Nashville, Tennessee, a lot of the same wrestlers. And I've kind of felt like Jesse was saying, oh, we're going to get to see RVD and all these sick people. But little did I know it was TNA, but little did you know, a well, little did I know that this match that opened here was going to be, uh, possibly one of the best in-ring matches of the night. And that's not really saying much, uh, but the opener here is just a bunch of guys thrown together in a lockdown cage style match to get, the crowd into it, uh, and the contestants all sound pretty solid. It's Chris Saban, Robbie E, uh, Jeremy Buck, aka Nick Jackson versus versus Max Buck, aka Matt Jackson versus Amazing Red versus Brian Kendrick in that weird um, cult leader gimmick he had going Yoga on. <laughs> yeah, versus yeah. Jay Lethal versus Suicide, aka Chris Daniels. Um, no, yeah. actually. I, th- I don't think that was Chris Daniels portraying suicide this time. According it to my was. research, it could have been Okada. No, it was Chris Daniels here. So he, Daniels. so he did double duty? Yes. Yeah, also, if you look at him, you can tell. Oh, uh, okay, okay. If you watch Good. him work, that is fucking Chris Daniels 5,000. Yeah, yeah. It's, because it's weird Okada was not on this show, but he was kind of like on TV leading up to this. Yeah, yeah I mean, he was a curtain jerker in TNA, though, unfortunately. That's how great TNA's management was. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly for, for the match, I mean, it was a great way to get the crowd kind of hype just because of the flashiness, but, um, at least that's the idea behind the booking, but honestly, it was kind of slow. Um, I mean, red tore the house down kind of in his little segment, even though it was brief, Saban looked good. Kendrick looked pretty good too. Um, man, they closed with Matt Jackson and, and Kendrick. And I thought that was actually pretty solid. Um, that it was really surprising that, that Max Buck got the win. I, I, that was kind of shocking to me. Uh, and it wasn't bad. I was right there in the middle on it. I gave it about two and three quarters, almost three beers. Um, where you at on this X division open, Jesse Baker, man, it, this kind of reminded me more than most of their cards of what the original X division was, was a lot like, you know, they had watered yeah. it down over the years. And yeah. here we're sort of getting a glimpse back into the beginning of TNA. You're right about the work style is a little slow. And what they did with this multi-man tag in weird fucking format thing that they always like to do. It was much more like mini one-on-one matches. Like when people were getting their shit in, they weren't really like explosive and running around about it. There were a couple of instances of that, but not too much. There are a lot of really awesome spots that Phoenix splash stunner spot (laughs) that Max did was kind of pretty nutty. The, I really enjoyed watching fucking Nick Jackson, like, Hulk up with his cheeks out looking like he was fucking had a mouthful of chestnuts or some shit. And then he just hit a trouble in paradise, but pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it was a weird concept. It wasn't bad. It got the crowd hype. It did its job there. 
it was pretty frenzied at times, and it didn't really highlight anybody, in my opinion. Like, I don't think anybody walked out and like, that guy's a star because of this. And the finish, to me, was weird as fuck. I took a full beer off for it. I gave it two and one quarter beers. Two and a quarter. So we're still, we're pretty much close in the same ballpark. Wex, what do you got on it? I mean, I just hate this style of match. I hate this rule, the escape match. We covered one of these at one of their previous lockdown pay-per-views, and it's just so convoluted. Like, And like Jesse said, even though it was a multi-man, it didn't really have that crazy multi-man vibe. It was just like single spots, single spots here, there. But there was some good shit there. Like, You got to see some classics. got to see the Code Red from Amazing Red. And uh, I thought it was funny that you got to see Matt Jackson doing some double team moves with Robbie E instead of Nick Jackson. It just felt super weird. I was yeah. just like, oh, this feels odd. And you could tell Nick was already losing his hair back then. He just knows how to hide it better now. Just that slick back with the wood cut just did not. That that whole look for Nick Jackson was just bad. Oh, I mean, he's saving the hair. He's got he's got that like him subscription. You know, he's pushing it all oh, the time. You no, know I'm saying he, and he's got just a better hairstyle. It's like he had he had like the side undershave with the wet slick back ponytail. Like it just it's yeah, not a good look. there. Not and, a good yeah, look. But I did not like the ending. I thought it was lame as fuck. It was weird. Like, how did you pushing the ref here knock you all the way off the cage? It just. Yeah. And pretty, I mean, there was big silly. spots and there wasn't. Technically, there was a story like behind the match, and you got a little storytelling a little bit between the Jeremy and Max Buck like in like interaction for a minute, and then he ends up winning. So I guess that's what they're trying to. But I mean, did you really need that to tell that one little story? There is is all I'm saying. It just it was just kind of fucking crazy. But I actually went lower than you guys. I just only gave it a twofer. Twofer? Okay. Wow. I gave it two and two for two quarters. I felt like that was pretty. Pretty fair, the, but man, I guess I was real generous. Fantastic, but yeah, I'm a I'm a a young bucks mark. Yeah. So you know when the, when so when generation me is stinking it up out there and being all weird and looking all weird, I'm like, ah. yeah, yeah. Well, let's just kind of keep it rolling on this show here. Uh, Taz and Tanae, um, you know, I've heard them be great on commentary, but you know, tonight wasn't really one of their nights. Honestly, um, nothing really was going in favor of TNA. And that leads us to this Eric Bischoff promo. He's out next. And it was just a straight-up masturbatory promo. Like, it served no purpose whatsoever other than to get, like, maybe local crowd heat. But then the following thing was, like, a backstage promo and then a match. So if it was to generate some kind of local heat, there's no real payoff. It's like it made no sense to have this promo here. Any thoughts on that promo, Jesse? I mean, it's what you said list waste of time hemi fucked up her promo i always love steiner's promos i mean i know he fucks them up but he leads into it i love it but i'm not a, i'm not a crimson fan and there's a backstory oh never they were close friends of ours who were filming a video for patrick sweeney and there was supposed to be a ring that they were renting from crimson that was supposed to show up on location for the video shoot and they had everything else in league they had the actors our buddy uh the late josephus r.i.p was a part of this video shoot uh, my buddy Dale was a ref. There, there were a bunch of people that were involved in this thing. And John Burr from How I Became the Bomb was a director. And the day of the shoot, Crimson no-shows with the ring, doesn't answer, doesn't do shit, and completely potentially fucks up the entire video shoot until the day was saved by none other than J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E, double T, ha-ha, Jeff Jarrett, who nice. rented a ring out. So fuck Crimson. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel that for sure. There's a plethora of stories about old Crimson around the Nashville scene. Wex, what do you think about these series of awkward promos? My exact notes are shitty Bischoff promo, big waste of time. Uh, and good old Stein, good have good old Steiner rambling around because that's just that's good old Scott Steiner. So I mean, it's kind of typically what you expect from TNA in 2011. And Eric Bischoff was wearing kind of a tight little T-shirt. I, I noticed there. A little snug, a little snug. He was, he was trying, he was trying, to, he was trying to flex out a little bit right there. What also, what also was pretty snug is trying to get all these damn tag teams inside this uh, cage. It's uh, it's Ink Ink, which is a stupid, stupid name. Uh, the British Invasion. Versus Eric Young and Orlando Jordan versus Crimson and Steiner. Tag rules make no sense inside a cage. And uh, these, no one in this match is really the type of worker to carry a match, uh, especially at this point in their careers. Was what it was. No highlights, just kind of there at best. I gave it a beer. And I felt like that was being generous. Um, Wex, where are you at on this one? I'm right there with you, literally trash one beer and i literally have the exact same on ink ink is the worst fucking name ever i have that written down right here and stupid this was a four-way uh number one contenders match to determine the tag team titles you know number one contenders this was their tag division like yeah. this is the best they could produce i mean and you the got british the young team, bucks on I mean, the roster the british team they were like a team and then ink ink was just the dumb fucking name and the fucking dude, the, his tag team partner, what's Jesse Neal? Like, who the fuck? I do not remember this guy ever. Like, nice. he had like a three year run or something. Yeah, he was never. <laughs> and he was, it was all TNA. He was never in the E or anything like that. I mean, it was just <laughs> like this format, like the four way tag in the cage. It just didn't work. It was just some convoluted trash. But they have they had to make it work because it was locked down, and every match has to be in steel. Fuck. <laughs> I was going to say the six sides of the steel, but it's the four. It used to be the six sides of steel, and it was way cooler. But, you know, Hogan and Bischoff had to fuck up the six sides of steel also. Yeah. And, and, and again, not only the two, not only the worst fucking name for a tag team, two of the worst finishing moves in this match, the gender bender and the morgasm. Like, nice. the worst fucking names. And Cody Rhodes was doing the crossroads in WWE at this time as Orlando Jordan's doing the gender bender. Like I did yeah. myself, and I was just like, "What? He's he's really doing that?" And yeah, it was just fucking terrible. The morgasm, just <sighs> the morgasm. How did they? I mean, how did they uh, just say, "All right, man, that's cool. You can call it the morgasm. That's totally sick. Cool." And then Taz botches a Michin, uh, botches a calling a Mickin, a Michinoku driver. <laughs> Nick Aldis does a Michinoku driver, and he calls it a he go. Uh, that's a a sit out slam there. And I'm like, <laughs> a sit out slam. What the fuck are you talking about, Taz? <laughs> Uh, this isn't AEW Dark. Step it up a bit. But uh, at least goodness. Eric Young was funny, so I guess it's the only reason I gave it a beer because he did his little shtick. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty much bullshit. Jesse, give it to us. What do you think? I mean, I can't echo much more of what you guys said. I will say I fucking loved British Invasion, and I thought they looked good here. I thought they looked good as a team. I sure. thought they worked well. They were the only team. Team. Yeah. yeah. But, and I mean, I'm a big Doug Williams, Mark. I always really liked his work, and I thought all this looked good here, too. Um uh, also, interesting note about our boy Crimson again. At some point this year, he's introduced as Amazing Red's little brother, which I thought was the weirdest fucking angle that TNA ever did. Anyway. His little brother? Indeed. Called him hey, Big he's, Red, he's, Amazing Red's little brother. That's correct. He's, he's white. You heard okay. me. Um, 
Steiner went beast mode a couple of times, which was just entertaining to me because I don't think anybody was ready for it. That that just started kind of <laughs> out a little bit about that. Eric Young just starts stripping at some point. The, the biggest thing that, I mean, the worst part about this to me, really, the commentary was just making awful jokes the whole time. I mean, there was just one liner after one liner, but like Taz is making gay jokes about Orlando Jordan. The oh, yeah, time. that was rough. He's being Ooh. like super weird about, I mean, I, I don't know. It was just really off-putting on commentary and it i mean it made it very clear that this entire thing was a joke i did give it a beer and a half is pretty much strictly because of british invasion commentary was absolutely awful this evening and, just in general and we do but, not yeah. like that since we are commentary boys ourselves we actually were talking yeah. about that shit this weekend like common guys on commentary who just fucking joke the whole time and don't give a fuck yeah i, I can't it. i can't i can't understand that i feel like you got to try to tell the story like, um, it's on Botchamania, AEW Dark. That's, like, its own thing. That's, like, what it's supposed to be. But anything yeah. else, no. No, I agree. I agree fully. Uh, let's jump over here to uh, our first little action of AEW Blood and Guts. I will say the TNT promo open was really, really cool. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, but then, again, too, I feel like, guys, you know, listen, I get that we're doing the whole Dynamite thing. I get that it's a Dynamite episode, but, like, I mean, how much would it really cost to just change up the open? Like, different theme music, you know what I mean? Like, just why not? Like, you know what I mean? You got the money. You should change it up. I feel like, obviously, it didn't hurt the rating. The rating was massive. You know, it's one of the biggest pro wrestling shows on television that's happened in a while. So, um, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, the match here, though, is Omega and Nakazawa versus Moxley and Kingston. And this son bitch was not impressive. Um, Callus setting up the Omega cheap shot was great. But, dude, John Moxley specifically is so goofy, horrible, awful trash. Like, dude, worst dive in the business, too. He, like, just jumps out and stomps on the floor and pushes you. It doesn't make any sense. It's just... It was not good, guys. It, I mean, it was moderately entertaining because Kingston is good and I like Omega, but everything else sucked. It was a weak finish. Not into it. Um, beer and a half from me. Um, Jesse, where are you at on this one? I mean, I really feel like to be opening a card like a Blood and Guts, which is obviously a specialty edition of Dynamite, to do it with this tag angle with fucking Nakazawa involved, it just really made it not matter from the jump. It made it very unimportant. Yeah. The ambush thing was kind of fun, I guess. They're, you know, Callus is, oh, he's not here. And announcer's saying, we saw him already. It was just all real hokey. And I don't know. It, it wasn't that inventive. It moved nothing forward about an angle. These guys still just don't like each other. Like, who fucking cares? I'm a, I should preface all of my ratings on the matches pre-Blood and Guts by saying this. I fully believe this would have been a thousand times better had they just centered the entire show around blood and guts and had nothing but promo packages and or people's opinions about the match or anything else like that leading up to it and maybe just like dragged out the afterbirth at the end of the show to make up the difference. I don't think they should have had any other fucking matches on this show. I think everything else dragged it down and I wound up giving this two beers. I thought it was fucking stupid. Yeah, a beer and a half from me, two beers from Jesse Wex. Where are you at on it? Dude, like I literally have almost some of the exact same comments about how John Moxley pissed me off, but it was other things oh. like his his punches to Kenny Omega were the worst punches I've ever seen in my like he was he was like barely moving his arm and not even connecting and then so then Omega's trying to like and you can't sell a good punch if it looks like you know what I mean it's just yeah his offense was just really pissing me off and I literally had I was like 
just bad. Kenny and Eddie Kingston is what saved this match for me because yeah, it's like because they're fucking brilliant and I love like just the way Eddie Kingston can sell shit. He can always make things like just look great. Yeah, I agree it was cheesy, but I mean the little hokey thing. And honestly, I don't think this was like not even really a match. It was more the angle of the beatdown afterwards. Like the they didn't even yeah. be, like just like Jesse said, you didn't even have to have the match. This could have been just a segment of them like confronting him backstage and beating him up. I mean, how many times yeah. did they beat uh, beat down Eddie Kingston and Moxley as a group of five or six guys? I mean, fuck's sake, we've already seen that how many times? Like, yeah, yeah, but countless. And the only okay. reason that I will that I that I give it the two beers is because I watched the BTE angle of the beatdown, and of course, you know, Gallows and fucking Anderson are hilarious, and it just yeah. made it a little funnier because their angle. You could, I mean, you could hear him saying, "You tried to kill me. You tried <laughs> to kill us." Just, I saw that too. It was just great. Oh, so, if it wasn't for the BTE second angle, it only would have got one beer. But I gave it two. And how? And I love Matt Jackson in full Hawaiian gear, full <laughs> Hawaiian gear, oh, and everybody yeah, yeah, else yeah. is in all black. And then they had the angle. He's just like, "Dude, I thought it was Hawaiian Day." He goes, "No, it's Biker Gang Day." And then Gal's like, oh. "You know, because I was in a biker gang on the other show that I'm on now." it's quality it's quality content uh over here on the other show though it is not quality content it's a madison rain promo in the back and i literally wrote rough period bad period this show sucks so far lol that's all my actual notes like it was just man like this whole segment was bad the whole like ran mickey over with a motorcycle and she, okay listen i'm not trying to be a misogynistic male here but like of all positions for you to lay dead in like that was a really awkward position like i was just like what do you what it like i feel weird because you're supposed to be knocked out but you're like i don't know the positioning was felt very strange of her getting knocked out by a motorcycle a crotch rocket of all things um just it's kind of funny to me um yeah but then you know what i mean we can talk about the match but it was like 30 seconds it was a ddt and a finish um i appreciated that so i gave the booking one beer because i only had to watch 30 seconds of that match so i appreciated that worth the beer to me um that was it for me wex what do you think about madison rain mickey james the promo the match if you want to call it a match whatever give it all big dud a big zero nothing for me here and one thing that want that kind of pissed me off and it made me think of you when they were doing a little face down before the match, it looked like they were pretty much wearing the exact same gear. Yes. It was like, I was like, what? I, just, I hate that. I was like, how can y'all, it's a fucking pay-per-view, Yeah. pretty big match. Like you said, packed house. It's actually a pretty packed house. And they kept, I feel like they kept doing like, like kept showing how large the crowd was because normally they would don't do as many crowd shots, but they were like, fuck yeah, we got some people in the house. Let's. And like, how do you not talk about that? Like as yeah, opponents, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, and then I don't and, – and one thing that pissed me off, I just don't understand how she's, like, bullying and talking shit to Victoria, but Victoria's, like, two heads higher than her, and, like, she should have been the one to take the title. You know? Oh, dude, she, plus Victoria versus Mickey James would have been significantly better. Exactly. Significantly better. Exactly. I mean, it was, it was trash. Uh, zero beers. DDT, same gear. Yeah, that's that. Uh, Jesse, where you at on it? I hated this going in because of the stipulation. It's just such an easy out. Like, oh, you already told me what the fuck's going to happen. Hair versus title. Come on. I mean, Mickey James ain't shaving her fucking head. I'm sorry. It's not realistic. Then they had a solid attempt at a story, but Rain is so green and so small that it just didn't really – there was no threat here. There was no – like, there, there's no 
I believe this is going to be a fight. Uh, I did say that heretofore, this match shall be known as the on the verge of Vag match because every fucking bump that matters, right? He's just falling out of everything, yeah. and so even on the fucking offense, it was just like something's about to fucking go hanging out. I don't know, a little, c- a little like. cooter lip slip. <laughs> <laughs> And call it that too if you want to. I gave it one beer just because the few throws that there were looked really intense. And I mean, Mickey beat her up a little bit. Overall, waste of fucking time. <laughs> well said, Jesse. Well said. Overall, a waste of time. Okay, that's fair. Um, I don't know. Sadly, I kind of feel the same about the next match on the card for AEW Blood and Guts. I don't got, yeah. listen, guys. Like QT Marshall to me is officially like the Hugh Morris. Like I'm sure he is a great trainer. Like I'm sure he's a great trainer, and that's great. But that dude is never gonna get over. It's never gonna happen. This whole like him wearing bowling shirts like Tony Soprano too is so dated and so off and so bad and i get that cody is trying to do his buddy a friend but uh, his buddy a friend i i i feel like cody's just trying to do a favor for his buddy you know what i mean like try to help him out help him get over but like it's not working and cody does not look like he it looks like he's kind of getting in not so great shape guys like he's uh starting to favor uh let's say i think he's on the jericho diet let's just say that i think he's on the jericho diet he's uh starting to to get a little more um horizontal uh, maybe it was just bad gear. I'm not sure, but he just did not did not look like he was in the best of shape. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like it wasn't wasn't good at all. The commentary pretending that blood and guts match was like the same as the war games too also really bothered me. I get the dusty like made it, but it's I, I don't know. That just that really bothered me. I don't know why. Maybe that's just me being picky. Figure four is the finish. I don't know, man. Just not a good show so far. Another beer and a half for me. Um, that's that's about all I can give it. And I, honestly, I do feel like a beer and a half is generous. Uh, Wex, where are you at on QT versus Cody? I mean, the only thing that really, like, I understand it was cheesy and it was kind of hokey, but, like, the fact that they're both using the fucking belts and then Arn Anderson fucking punches them, but no one, get dis- no one gets disqualified. But the referee's, like, freaking out. Like, he has all the good facials and he's pissed off but from them doing all this shit, but... I get it. They don't want to like have a DQ. AEW doesn't want to do that stuff, but you can't have two blank like just right in the face and then just be like, yeah. "All right, it's still cool." Like, it's fine. Like, have a DQ and then just have like them brawl afterwards. That would have say that would have wasted. I mean, it would have saved a wasted match on a card that neither of you guys obviously wanted to see because I, Jesse, I'm, even though he hasn't talked yet, I, I I can I can already tell by the look on his eyes and the look on your eyes when you mentioned it. And you were both like, "Yeah," but. It was kind of near, and I've got a little botch from QT in this match, too. He couldn't even pick Cody up on the power Surprise. box. Uh, it's because he had on a few extra pounds, and he wasn't used to those few extra pounds lifting Cody up. Yeah. That's what it, I'm just kidding. But I, I thought it was just me, but I thought Cody had looked a little, his gut looked a little bigger than normal, and I guess I wasn't the only one. I was just like, hmm. Maybe he's, he's having a baby. He's getting saying, that sympathy I was say, weight. Exactly. He's preparing for that dad, you know, his dad bod. Got to get it ready. Buddy. But. And so, and one thing I want to know, like, did Cody actually get busted open or did he just blade real quick? Cause he has to bleed in every fucking match that he's in. Cause um, it seemed kind of weird. It seemed like it actually might've been the hard I way. Think it, I yeah. Know. I think he got some hard way. I don't think he intended to get any color there. Do you guys know about this whole like heat thing with Cody and like the other guys? What's going on with that? Does anybody know Jesse? I've I seen mean, dirt sheets. I hear little things, but I don't, I mean, I don't know anything for a fact. I just hear little things like, 
he's propped himself up to try and get up and get out of it and be above everybody and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, if you look at the way he's booked and what's going on, I don't see why anybody thinks that. Yeah, I, mean, I think he has a lot to do with the booking, though. I think it's- I want to say it's because, you know, how originally Kenny Omega was supposed to be booking the women's division, and then we had all that bullshit with Brandy. I feel like there's some heat there because Cody's trying to push Brandy, but she sucks as a wrestler. She needs to be trained more. Like, yeah, I don't think she like, should be wrestling at all. I mean, she's that, she's fine. I mean, she's she's not the worst on the mic, I will say. Um, but, but she's she I should think, never be in the Remember ring. how bad the women's division was? And I think it's because they were trying to do all that brandy shit that just didn't work. And think about it. Ever since, I mean, it has gotten a lot better ever since they quit trying to do all that bullshit. Like, what was that whole little fat like faction they had where they were shaving heads and shit? Oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. That nightmare collective. Yeah, and whatever happened to the girl Mel who shaved her head to plead allegiance and they just broke the whole storyline up so this girl just shaves her head. Dude, for no- hey, okay, listen, like I love AEW. I like the wrestling and I do think that the main event picture is booked really, really well. But there's tons and tons and tons of holes in their storylines on a regular basis. I mean, well, that, where I mean, is Hangman Adam Page? With a new like, company. How is he not still so hot and, and still, still rolling? Like, why? <laughs> Hangman, like. Hangman, why? dude, he. Wait, just I mean, he, he is just wait. He'll be the he'll be one of the next. I feel like he's gonna be the one to end up challenging Kenny Omega eventually for the title once we get to that. He'll be the one to take it off of Kenny. Yeah, I mean, also too. Listen, I don't I don't know how to say this. Like, I love Brody Lee, and I get that there's legacy there, but this Dark Order thing is not. It's just so. It's it's a straight comedy act right now without without real leadership and like. I, I don't think know that's what they need to be at the moment, man. They don't have it. I mean, what the fuck else are you going to do with anybody? I mean, you have Colt Cabana who basically is the is a comedy wrestler, comedy wrestling. I mean, like, I don't know. John Silver and Alex Reynolds, they function better as comedy. I don't know what they're doing with the Smash Bros, but they're not Eventually, they been in a match on TV in fucking ages, like a yeah. super long time. <laughs> they're trying to put over 10. Alan Angels is a talented fucking dude. And he's kind of just the butt of every joke right now, but I feel like eventually some of those guys will break out, but yeah. I don't think there's a future for the Dark Order that isn't comedy. They either need to break it up or just keep it being the fucking butt of the joke. Yeah, I don't mind a little comic relief as long as they know that that's what it is. Yeah, you know I, mean? I have a feeling, just like Jesse said, there'll be a few people that'll break out from the group and it'll just kind of be like that. It'll probably just be like that faction that you go into that to help you, you know, get boosted up a little yeah. bit. I see what you're saying. Jesse, where were you at on the match, though, with QT and, and Cody? What was your overall on that one? Well, it's funny that we mentioned the joke commentary before because it was going on in spades during this match as well. JR, like, jokingly sold the back rate. Yeah. And the, uh, oh, his ass is cracked comment during the fucking match. And I'm like, God damn, guys. Like, <laughs> you're not even taking this shit seriously. Which is why when you say Cody's getting heat over booking, I tell you, I fucking don't know why. Who's envious of this spot? Or really yeah, most nobody. of the matches that he's been in, man. I mean, like. What's bad? It, That's why they're pissed. The Shaq thing is a joke. It's like, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's all not been great. And I don't yeah. know. Just this is just further proof of it. Arn needs to stay unphysical for the sake of anybody believing what the fuck is going on around ringside. Um, this doesn't make any fucking sense to me at all. The no look moonsault press made it look very clear that they talked through that spot. I mean, he just, like, got up, didn't fucking look back, didn't say anything, and landed perfectly on him, which basically is all QT. But it, you're, you're, like, watching him anticipate. It just looked really, really, really hella written out in advance. And I just, I mean, I know it is, but I hate it when you fucking make it clear. The yeah. the stupid 
the whole fucking thing with the go-go after the bell while Cody's just gushing blood again because he can't <laughs> be in a match without it. I gave it one beer basically because, look, there were no winners from the moment this match was booked. This is no, no one cared about this. It wouldn't have mattered. Even if QT won, no one would have given a fuck. And nobody gave a fuck to Cody won either. It's just all at the bottom and it's no psychology and it's just fucking stupid. I really hated it. I don't even know why I gave it a beer. I guess there was some effort there. You see somebody bleeding, yada, fucking yada. I thought it was horrendous and I really hated it. Yeah, why is Arn not, why are Arn and Tully not just cutting most of the promos with MJF and the Pinnacle? Like, yeah. there's enough people where he could just be like, you know, I'm the official manager specifically for FTR. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, you know, Tully just stays the manager for the Pinnacle or whatever. But they, dude, them cutting promos together with MJF finishing it off in that flare spot is like literally what the best way you could possibly use him. Like, there's no reason for him to be with Cody Rhodes either at this point. I just don't, I mean, I agree. I agree there. But before, I'm sure we're going to talk more. Why? And first, why is QT Marshall kicking out of the tombstone? Bro. Why is QT Marshall in, on television? Why is he? I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't. He's make a sense cuck to too. He's a he's definitely a cuck. Remember the whole uh, bunny storyline? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The butcher. Well, I guess, that was, wouldn't that make the blade? Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. No, because he's the um, one getting played, not actually getting laid. He's just getting his money taken. So I guess he's not really a cuck. He's just a mark. But yeah. he's also married. Yeah, so I guess it's just a yeah because they showed his wife before this storyline, which didn't make any sense. Yeah, so kayfabe, QT Marshall is scum of the earth. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Let's uh, let's move back over to TNA to where things that I don't like because we have to get through this show, unfortunately. Um, actually, no, you know what? I take that back. This next one is probably the best thing that's on the show. It's um, well, okay, not the match but before the match there's a borderline racist promo from matt morgan um and then and then also you know there's a like a pope and joe package and i did like the package the package was well put together the production was good it looks like the promos leading up to this match were probably some of the shining moments on impact at the time um listen man pope and uh samoa joe both dudes are great um probably the best bell to bell match um on the card overall um i will say though it's a damn cage match, and there's a foot on the ropes for a pin break. Like, yeah. what, 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 what? I mean, I don't. And Pope had his whole ass out for like way too long. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, look, if you're going to do the flare spot, that's one thing, but like, he had his ass out for a while. He like, was I doing watched, the Rikishi spot. He bro, actually. <laughs> but then he delivered a very pretty elbow, so all is forgiven. Um, overall, it was pretty good. It wasn't great. Um, Honestly, I felt like they could have used a, a, a little bit more time, and there were a couple of wonky spots, maybe a, a little bit more uh, pandering to the crowd and them not getting the responses they expected, Pope specifically. But overall, overall it was a good match. I gave it three beers right down the middle. Um, Jesse, where are you at on Pope versus Samoa Joe here? Man, I, you know, I'm a big fan of both guys. I, this is really a, por- a portion of time where Joe is like, significantly on top in terms of the way that he's working and the amount of places that you can fit him on the card. He's like TNA's universal varsity player, in my opinion, during this period, but they're not really using him like that. Although they tried to get some story behind this angle to make it make sense. It just didn't really, you know, the crowd wasn't super hot for it, but you know, it was enough. I thought it was good for where it was on the card. This is arguably this and the opener, are really the only matches I thought were placed absolutely correctly. 
in terms of card order. The during the butt spot, the commentary is fucking joking like crazy again and has to go back and bring up Orlando Jordan again. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they while literally the fucking ass out. out. I'm like, God damn, guys, are you not fucking are you just bored out there? Are you not having fun watching this shit? Because he really doesn't sound like it. The kicking out of the muscle buster with the rope break fucking got me not only because of your aforementioned rope break, but because it's the fucking muscle buster. Like, save that shit. The, the muscle buster two goes into the coquina. Some of Pope's offense was a little bit boring, but I like his work so much that it was just kind of like easy to look past. I gave it two and three quarters beers. They lost the crowd in some moments. And one thing I will say, this was right when I noticed. Yeah. They've been doing it the whole night, but this is right when I noticed they were doing some really wonky fucking weird camera work. And like, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what, yeah, maybe that's what it was. They did a couple of weird, like wide crowd, like wide shots from inside the crowd. Like it it, it was, oh yeah. It looked mega. It looked like somebody shooting with their fucking phone. It was very strange, and it t- completely threw me off of significant spots in the match. So I wasn't yeah. into it. And as for Matt fucking Morgan, if you're in the middle of a deportation gimmick, maybe stay away from the final solution stuff. I don't know. Oh. But it looked very white supremacy to me. Yeah, yeah. It was not not, not what it could or should have been. Um, Wex, where are you at on it? I mean, just like you said, probably one of the best matches on the show. And even though the overall like storyline of the feud was kind of trash, because we this is actually a continuation, or I want to say the final blow off, because we saw one of their matches on a previous pay per view that we covered when he was doing some nefarious things with his donations and strippers and stuff, and Joe didn't like that. And I think, th- and if you saw the little video package like before, they kind of talk that, and we get some of that weird Okato stuff when Okada was basically portrayed as. Bruce Lee. Kato. Yeah, basically. From Green Hornet, but yeah. But the one thing that kind of really pissed me off, like, I know that this is locked down, but this is, they didn't really utilize the cage much in this match at all. Yeah. Like, besides the little ass climbing up spot, and he slick did a Rikishi, he kind of bumped his ass in his face, which I don't know if he yeah. meant to, but Joe, like, kind of looked back and did not look like he liked it. They didn't really sell it on commentary as offense, but whatever. But, I noticed that uh, all the Pope hit a code breaker in this match. Yeah. They just said knees to the face. But yeah, they didn't terrible. know what – they paused. They didn't know what to call it. They were like, uh, that, that was uh, – <laughs> yeah. yeah, like – and yeah, the only true cage spot besides the um, fucking – the ass spot was when uh, the Pope got sacked on the ropes. So they, they made that work there. And uh, Joe was wearing like the All Japan ring color scheme. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Blue. Which I've never, he's never, I, honestly, that's weird. I've never really seen him wear that color scheme. It's usually like yellow or green or it's never, you know, he's never red and blue like that. That's definitely yeah. different uh, attire there for Joe. But I mean, solid work, nothing really special. But I mean, I guess this match did at least have some type of story. And I actually knew what was going on within the storyline. So it was, pretty, it, was, it was a solid right in the middle for me. Three beers. Can't really and like same thing yeah. with Jesse and you were both like talking about like those weird angles like it'd be like in there and then it'd be this wide weird wide shot but like at the cage it's it looks worse on the wide shot with the cage you can't really see what's going on it was just fucking with me and then just like Jesse like I don't understand yeah. maybe because they were trying to show the crowd off but that's yeah. the only thing I can think is like oh we finally have a hot ass crowd let's yeah no I'm with you on it uh, let's uh, let's jump back over here to AEW blood and guts though. Um, it's okay. So this is what's kind of weird to me, man. Like 
I like the Scorpio Sky promo here, and I like the segment, but it does feel weird that Sky, like, splits from SCU, and then Ethan Page, like, leaves the North from Impact to come to AEW just for them to join up as a team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of feels like that's not the best pair to put together. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, Darby didn't actually break his arm, too, because that dude, like, he's way too reckless, and he's not. he doesn't have the same kind of padding that Mick Foley had. So like he really I'm like seriously like he should not like you're not you're not built you're not built that way but um you can't just go flying down concrete steps so I'm I'm not sure what the report is on him maybe he is hurt maybe he's not I'm, I'm sure we'll find out soon um yeah and then the match here you book on a TV special you book a squash match on a TV special okay again because you know that that helps everybody that that Britt Baker looks so much better after this. That's what you needed to do. The hottest woman star in your company and on your most televised show, she has a squash match and doesn't further any storylines, doesn't get Baker any more over um, half a beer, half a beer for me. I was really that really pissed me. It's like, why would you not put somebody else better? Like, why? I don't know. I, I, I just don't get it. I, it's really bad booking to me, like honestly, annoying booking to me. Wex, what do you think about this one? I literally have the exact same rating as you written down, 0.5 beers. And just because it was a squash match, like, they, they already announced, I don't know if it was before or after this, that she's getting a title shot because she's already the number one contender. Like, you're already the number one contender. What's this squash doing for you? Right. And they were, and just like Jesse, talk about the joking. They were joking on commentaries. Her last name was Hart, and JR's like, I can tell you she ain't from Calgary. Yeah, that's, I yeah. like. I was like, okay, we get there it, we JR. Yeah. But I will say, I did like the little promo, pre the whole like Scorpio Sky Darby promo thing before, just because that Ethan Page promo where he's like talking about all of his injuries that he's actually caused Darby over the years. So it kind of actually gives a little substance to the few because I, for some reason, I feel it in my heart. Darby's going to drop the title tomorrow night on Dynamite to Miro. Yeah, and then, he's, for sure. and then him and Stinger just going to full fledge into that feud. And then I kind of, I definitely 100% agree with you that Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page do not need to be a team, but I think it's a temporary team for them to lose to Sting and Darby and then like go against each other. Yeah. Then, yeah, I can see that. But then who's the baby face in your, in your fantasy book? And then my fantasy booking Scorpio Sky is the prime perfect baby face. He doesn't he does not convincing as a heel at all. Him talking shit in his promo, he's like, Yeah, bitch. And I was like, dude, that it is not believable at all. You're too nice. Like Scorpio <laughs> Sky is not a heel. Yeah, yeah. He's just I, not. Ethan I, Page I is a believable heel. Even Ethan Page can he can he's work both sides. He's good. Yeah, he seems like it feels like he feels like it could easily be a turd. And I uh, just the one betraying Scorpio in that yeah. situation, but sorry. Jesse, where are you at on this uh, this this promo, this the squash match? How do you feel about it? I mean, so these guys also have to point out their exorbitantly expensive shoes. I'm like, guys, you can't be a heel tag team that's stealing the other heel tag team's gimmick, goddammit. Exactly. What's wrong with you? That's a stupid fucking angle. Um, <laughs> I think it's inevitable that these two are going to be going against each other, That be these two being Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I don't mind the team for right now. I mean, they don't have a weak tag team division overall, but they do have a weak tag team division in terms of who they're pushing. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense. And if you look at, like, most of their teams are faces, which is weird. They got some heel teams, but most of them are embroiled in other feuds that have nothing to do with the belts. And now that the Bucks are heel, they got to build these face teams or use these face teams. And it's like, the well is 
just not that they haven't built that division the way that they wanted to. They wanted to make it a headlining match all the time. I get it. And they're like tag team division can made event shows. Great. Why aren't you building it then? Why is every tag match like eight fucking tag teams? Like it just doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. But the promo wasn't bad. I like the angle with Darby. I heard he's not hurt, at least not enough to not, to not wrestle or whatever. He's supposed to be fine for tomorrow. Or well, this is Saturday now when this airs, so fine for last Wednesday when whatever happened happened and we predicted it correctly. Kaching. Yeah. But the Brit Julie. I mean, what the fuck do you say about this fucking match? I gave it a beer just because it was there. I guess. I mean, it was filler. It was pretty. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it just it again. Nothing moving forward. No storyline moving forward. Nothing being accomplished. You're wasting more time. Yeah. Bullshit. Also true, though, uh, I'm glad you brought it up because if you subscribe to our Patreon for only $4.99, you actually get the show in video form. The full unedited show um the day that we do it which is tuesday so you'd actually get this be able to watch this the you know day or night before aew and you'd see wex be an asshole on um on I'm camera. beautiful baby yeah okay that's uh okay uh, well that's what we'll call it um let's bounce back hey, over here wex can you make the same pose that uh mr nakazawa is making behind you i think you're just some aviators away from Maybe Almost being the same there. a little bit. You An aviators look- and about three world championships away. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. Um, man, speaking of awkward, um, it's a, another Hernandez promo in the back, and it's another <laughs> awkward race baiting thing. Um, it's in a very like boxing style promo package for Hernandez and Morgan that felt a little weird. I mean, that looked exactly like what they were going for, um, especially with the narration and everything, but. I mean, wow, guys, like Hernandez is trash. Uh, Matt Morgan, I have seen, is capable of having great matches when he has a good opponent. Um, but this felt like a WCW Thunder match. Um, I mean, the finish would have been cool if it hadn't have been Hernandez taking it in, like, the neck or something. Um, it was weak at best. I gave it a beer. Um, seems to be the theme of this whole damn show. Uh, Jesse, where you at? Matt Morgan versus Hernandez here. The only thing that I can say positive about it is I really liked they used the little hole in the cage for the camera to grab the foot <sighs> during the match. That was pretty dope. More shitty camera work here. The match wasn't exciting at all. Now, see, I have seen Hernandez have what I thought were good matches, but they've all been tag team matches. I thought oh, LAX thought, matches, yeah. Yeah, I thought Homicide and Hernandez were great, and I thought yeah. he was good in those matches. But this was fucking awful. That pumpkin <laughs> counter landed horribly. Um, I literally, my rating was dud city bitch. And that's where I left it. Although seeing Sarita and Rosita was kind of cool. You got Zelina Vega and Sarah stock who trained at NXT from 15 to 2020 when she got released with the, the flood of the pandemic. But yeah, you know, that can only do so much for the match for sure. Wax, what do you think about this one, man? Man, Matt Morgan is, uh, it's kind of funny. I was listening to the radio and they were talking about Mount Bustmore. Of like football players and yeah. Matt Morgan might be on Mount Bustmore of pro wrestlers who are like hyped up to be like the shit. He was really hyped in WWE, like both. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. to- I mean, he didn't really spend that much time in WWE. And I will say, like, he had a pretty I mean, this is a bad Matt Morgan match. And I'm not saying that there aren't a ba- bunch of bad Matt Morgan matches. There certainly are, but he has had some pretty pretty good matches in TNA. He's had some okay, but he was just... I remember when he first came out, they were hyping him up like, dude, he's going to be the next big badass. He's near seven feet. And, like, same thing, the promo. Yeah. 
Hernandez's promo and Matt Morgan's promo earlier, I have a note. I said, geez, if these promos leading up to this match of Indy, if that's any, ah, uh, fuck. I can't talk. If these promos are any, if, if, uh, God, fuck. You're stuttering just like Matt Morgan. I don't know. Basically, if these promos are showing what's going to come up in this next match, if it's any indication of what's going to happen, they were setting the bar pretty low. It was those are horrible promos. We are we y'all basically both cover that, and I literally have the exact same note as Jesse. The only thing I liked is the camera hole interference spot because that's yeah. pretty cool and unique. But the rest of it was just slow and sloppy. And then say I don't know if it was Matt Morgan's fault or Hernandez's fault at this point in this match because, like Jesse said, I've seen Hernandez have some pretty solid matches. And even though you said Matt Morgan's had some good matches, I haven't seen many of those. But I'm taking your word for it. I know I, I know you know what you're talking about, but. Horrible USA chant when Hernandez clearly has a Texas flag in his fucking trunks. Like, yeah, right there clears that. But I know they were trying to do the whole Mexican thing. But I mean, Texas, it's, it's the USA, guys. It's, I guess in uh, uh, Cincinnati, they don't understand what the, they don't know how uh, geography works or whatever. But not good. That ending, his uh, carbon footprint road kick, it just it looked horrible. It yeah. was just a horrible ending. I gave it one and a half beers. TNA, goddamn it! Pro wrestling in 2011 on pay per view. Fuck. TNA, brother. TNA. Uh, yeah, 2011 was a rough year, honestly, for WWE as well. You can check out last week's episode, and we uh, fully dissect that as well. Um, man, this uh, this this segment over here on AEW, um, the Taz segment with him breaking down Christian footage, I popped for that. I thought that yeah. was great, where he just like showed why like. Christian kind of sucks. I thought that was super funny and really actually very well done. Uh, any other thoughts on that, Jesse? You seem to have a positive reaction. I popped like a motherfucker. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was good stuff. Wex, what you had on it? Yeah, I liked it too. I was just like, oh, that's great. Because normally he like puts people's moves over, but he was just like, Christian, he doesn't have as much explosion in his hips. So it wasn't yeah. as much impact right there. And he's like, his foot <laughs> right, right here on the kill switch. Yeah. Yeah. It was good shit. It was good. It was very good. Uh, Jesse, tell me about the Varsity Blondes versus Jurassic Express versus SCU versus The Acclaimed. They gave Pillman some decent shine, which was, yeah. you know, well-timed on the part Par of for the course. The yeah. Out. You know what I mean? It was one of those things like, hey, Dark Side of the Rings coming out. Let's make sure we feature this kid, which, you know, they don't normally do. The yeah. uh, I felt like when The Acclaimed came out, my one note that it was like, maybe let the one kid rap and just don't hand the mic to the other guy. How about that? How Agreed. About, it it yeah. feels very New Age Outlaws. Yeah, it was like, let's just, let's just leave, leave Homeboy out of it for at least a little while. There was some really great wrestling with Jungle Boy and with and, uh, Kazarian, I thought. Uh, a lot of the tag melee stuff. I got to tell you, though, and this will be a theme in this show, the picture-in-picture stuff kept taking me out of it, especially you got eight fucking guys in the ring, and then I got to try and watch it in a quarter of the screen. I, honest to God, would rather them just go to commercial and just powder yeah. commercial and fucking come back. Let me see the stuff I'm supposed to see that's going to even matter or mean anything. The uh, STO to the outside was fucking dope. It was extremely frenzied. There weren't huge highlights for anybody, I didn't think. I, you know, I'm going to pop every time I see the best melts are ever. Two and a half beers. I don't, I, I really wish that I had seen a little bit more focus on some of the other specific teams rather than just like spot, 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 spot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, where are you at on the Wex? Dude, Max Caster's rap at the beginning, that dark side of the ring line on Brian Pillman. 
fucking gold grade A fantastic. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. He's doing the gimmick better than John Cena in the rapping skills. Oh, 100%. 100%. He's I think coming that, up I, with yeah. some, some bars, and they're always funny. Yeah. Pretty much every time. And he's great in the ring, too. And dare I say, better than John Cena at this point in his career. Oh, for sure. I think he's just he's not got, a steroid driven, homophobic white guy. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. That's, I mean, his, his partner is a gay man. So, I mean, he's not going to be homophobic. That would be yeah. very offensive. Yeah. It'd be a little awkward. But, dude, fucking Jurassic Express, they, sh- I think they shined in this match, which I think they did that on purpose because they're, you know, they're the next team. They're eventually when they get the belts, they've been setting them up. They're going to strap a rocket to those dudes and they're going to be, top dogs, but I knew from the beginning of this match that SCU was going to win, so that kind of took me out of it a little bit, because yeah. the whole, oh, you know, if we lose, we're going to break up as a tag team, and I'm like, dude, they're, they're it's a number one contenders match. They're yeah, gonna... uh, yeah, but but I mean, at the same time, it's like the Bucks need the heat, and that's good heat. That, I, I mean, that, that retiring that Daniels I mean, is good heat. That just automatically took a beer away, because it was so, I knew it was going to happen, but dude, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, like I said, dude, they did, like, I love Luchasaurus's kicks, like how fluid and sick they look for how big he is. Like no one that big moves the way that he does. Yeah. Like I don't, and, spe- and like when he randomly will cut his flips and stuff, that's also sick. At one point I thought Jungle Boy was going to get the win. It had me for a second, but I was like, nah, you know, it's, it's like I suspended my disbelief for a second, but then I was like, nah, I know SCU is going to win. But besides that, like you said, not nice little shine for the blondes. Pillman got to do his little thing. I gave it three beers. It would have been a little bit better for me if, like I said, we did. It wasn't the obvious stipulation right there. But I'm very interested in next week's matchup because I think, I mean, I would love to see SCU get the victory, but I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to be the final match we see. You, do you think they're going to win? No, they're not going to win. Come on. I mean, see, that's the well, thing, so that's though. Gonna I be, could. That's going to be their. That's going to be their fi- the final match of, you know. I could totally see that. I could totally see them getting the win and just dropping it to the Young Bucks again later on. I mean, that that's the thing. Just just so they don't just extend the team for like have have them win it and then drop it to the Bucks at double or nothing because that's only at the end of the month. Or if they yeah. win by DQ, like the good yeah, luck something like that. or some goofy shit like that. They win by yeah. DQ so they don't have to break up, and then they keep trying to build it. I think it's fucking stupid. I'm sorry, but I'm fine with not seeing SCU team anymore. Well, that's the thing. I was just no, gonna, I, I was, do that's, too. That's, but that's yeah. where I was going to get because I was like, maybe this is actually the end. I mean, we've literally seen them in different name variations through different promotions for 15 years. What? Like, at we least? See not retiring. What? Because he's not retiring. No, because Aaron's not retiring. No, because he's a little bit younger, and you know, uh, CD is like the talent relations guy yeah. in AEW, so yeah. he's probably really just trying to for real retire because he was gonna retire after he won the Ring of Honor World Title and then just decided to keep it going a little bit longer. Yeah, just he's like, I'm gonna push push it a little bit longer. And honestly, his t- 2011 work because we saw him a suicide earlier. I mean, he's really not. He's still pretty fucking solid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He still knows what he's doing. That's 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 definitely the case. Um, man, I mean, honestly, look, I thought, I mean, I thought, of course, the acclaimed rap was nice, and I think that kid has like a massive future for sure, one way or the other. I don't honestly, like, I, honestly, I see the WWE picking him up and letting him kind of do his thing. 
because uh, I think he's clever enough to do it and even have those O moments without being that offensive. I think he can still find a way to do it, um, and it would it would definitely work. Um, I mean, dude, honestly, the wrestling in the very open of this match was the best bell to bell work that had been on the entire show thus far. And I thought the match was really good. I mean, yeah, there was a couple of clunky spots, but I actually felt like I should have gotten more time. I would have rather just not had a Brent Baker match at all and just give like a promo for her or something. And then give this, this match a couple minute more minutes, you know? Um, but I gave it three and a half beers. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty solid above average. Um, I mean, you know, I think that, you know, we just talked about how TNA was, you know, trying to build some kind of tag division, but it was like non-existent. And like, these are the, these terrible tag teams, but I feel like AEW did a pretty good job with this one. Didn't mind it. Let's jump back over here to the TNA show though. Uh, and before we get to the match, uh, we did get a super long Sarita promo, which was pretty awful, especially considering that velvet sky makes, I guess just saved the crowd from the promo. Uh, I wanted to say makes the save, but there was no one to save except for my ears. So I guess I can thank, uh, I guess I can thank Velvet Sky for that, even though she's one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> bad, bad, bad show. Um, I mean, Karen Angle delivers a Karen Angle promo in the back, and it was kind of like the Wish version of Stephanie McMahon from like 2001, though. You know what I mean? Like that's what Karen Angle reminded me of. Like I'm ordering, like you know, like corporate dx stephanie mcmahon and i get like karen angle from 2011 like like you know what i mean and i waited like a six months for it to ship uh but either way the uh the actual next match on the card here is jeff jarrett versus kurt angle and a two out of three falls match and it's kind of similar to what we just covered where it's uh submission and then pinfall and then the last one we covered was a ladder but this one is a cage i guess um, Wax, I'm going to let you take this one away. I feel like I haven't given you enough shine. I've done that by design since you're normally awful, and you've already dropped one call, so please don't let me down this time. What did you think about Jeff Jarrett versus Kurt Angle? I mean, I was honestly surprised we get another multi-fall angle pay-per-view match. He has to have the record of having the most three-fall pay-per-view matches of all time. Because I was, I even started looking it up, and I was, I didn't, like, count official number, but I, like, saw at least, like, eight, and I was like, fuck, what? that's yeah. A lot, yeah. He just keeps doing it, and it was most a lot of them were like four or five of them were with Benoit. He just kept like, well, not on some of them on pay per view, some were on SmackDown or whatever. But that was a lot. But I was honestly surprised how quick the first fall came, and right here was prime perk angle. I want to point yeah. that out. This yeah. and that whole promo before with Karen, like all that, like this is perk angle popping a bean and ready for it to kick in. Like he's <sighs> he is he's film. I mean and. Kurt, you can tell he's working hard in this match, and I guess they wanted to get basically that the first fall out of the way so they can kind of do some wrestling, and the second fall was pretty cool. I I didn't like the whole end, like the whole end part with the fucking yeah. escape. Like, there was so much goddamn interference. Like, if, like, it was just so unnecessary with all the interference for, like, what could have been had a higher, way better higher beer rating, because... It was like a real life storyline going on, and I actually saw Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett, Karen Angle, I guess, right? Karen. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him in in real life down there at Zany's, and when I saw him walk up, I was like, "Oh, it's Kurt Angle's wife." I didn't like say it to him, but that's just like the first thing I had in my mind, like, "Oh," because that's that's what I think about. And the fucking name of this match, the Ultra Males Rule, like, oh yeah. 
What kind of bullshit? Like, who the fuck was like was Jeff Jarrett writing this shit? I think Russo was here at this point. <sighs> like, I'm no surprise sure this, there, bro. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is Russo writing. I mean, dude, and that that was a nasty uh like was a power bomb that Angle took. Oh no! It was like oh, you're talking about like the super. It was gonna be a power bomb, but he tried to do a hurricane yeah. rana, but he like yeah, landed yeah, yeah. right on it his was, neck. Oh, oh like yeah. That that's is the, why he was perk angle. That that's why I didn't like. That's why I said power bomb. I have power bomb nasty because I didn't know if it was like a botch or what it was, but it was just nasty. It was cringy to that neck, and he. I mean, he he hit the perk angle moonsault. He hit it. Yeah, he did. And if, as long as you're hitting that perk angle moonsault, you're gonna get at least three and a half beers from me. And that yeah. extra shit at the end was unnecessary. Bloody Kurt Angle, like the ref bump, it was just all unnecessary. And like how? And this is again egregious. Like, how, it's a cage match. There's no rules. How are you gonna have rope breaks and like earlier? Oh like, my, okay. And all earlier, right. it's just. Well, yeah, egregious, just, but see, but I feel like you're ripping it to shreds and you gave it three and a half beers. That's crazy talk. Yeah, perk That's angle egregious. moonsault. It just had me no, feeling some it type doesn't of deserve way. three beers. It doesn't even get close to three beers. I don't even think they I don't also know. Fucked that spot up too. But I gave it two angle, beers. Kurt Angle was working his ass beers. off. He was trying so hard, so I just I felt for him. Three, dude. Okay, this is what really killed me. Okay, besides the rope breaks that we saw already from like a, okay, the first match is just being put over by Tanay forever about how it's a submissions portion of the match right and then the like within the first two or three minutes Jarrett puts the figure four on third angle yeah and hebner starts counting the falls and commentary takes a beat to even recognize it too you could tell no, no, oh no no today I, I could feel it because today just stops talking yeah and like taz has to like get him back because he's like pissed off he's like <laughs> like dude are you kidding like why are you Tanae's a goddamn professional. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, I'm sure he was hot. Like, uh, yeah, it, dude, that was just, yeah, that really took me out of it, too, for sure. I mean, yeah. there were moments of great work, and Jarrett definitely kept up. The But the run-up suplex spot that Angle used to do all the time was really bad. Very botchy. Um, angle. I mean, the cage hurricane runner thing was painful. But I will say the angle slam right after was great. Um, and you know, the moonsault's always impressive. I'll give you that. But the, there were so many botches and supple, like a couple of them were almost legendary level botches. Um, weak finish too. I mean, tons of potential, but really poor execution. That's TNA in 2011. That's just straight up. That's just like the, their motto. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, I mean, I gave it two beers. That's, that's where I'm at okay. with it. Okay. Before <laughs> Kurt Angle compared this match to his match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. He said it was that good. Wait, when? Where? Recently? No, no, I was reading. I was researching like this match, and he said in some interviews, like, "Oh, this is a great match. It was one of my best matches. It's just as it was just as good as me and Shawn Michaels at Mania." <laughs> no DUI time, Kurt Angle. He, he no, no, no. He he was perked up out of his mind when he he had to have been. But he yeah. said that. Y'all can look it up. All right, Jesse, where you at, man? Give it to me. Look, if you don't have the endurance to do the match, don't fucking let it be booked this way. That's the only thing I can say. Like, the angle for what it was is arguably the most real between two people. Like, this is like marriage and children involved level shit that is pretty fucking intense in real life. And you're there's no piss and vinegar between these two guys at all. Like, there's no... 
you can't tell the way that they wrestle this match. There is no like, oh, I really hate this guy or I really except for his little like, oh, I could get out of the cage and I turn around bit, which was stupid anyway. And that even that didn't look like vicious. I'm like, this guy took your wife. You've wrestled for the rights to your children and you're like you've put in shit like gold medals and shit on the line. Like, come on, man. And you had to walk her down the aisle at the fucking new <laughs> wedding. And you're you don't hate this guy. You don't just want to beat the piss out of this motherfucker because it's not what it looked like to me. And then there's just every fucking mismatch botch fucking six ways to Sunday. Why Kurt Angle busts a diamond cutter out of nowhere? Fucking I never understand that. Why is the key in the fucking lock of the cage door? When have you ever seen that? Yeah, that made no fucking sense to me at all. Then he puts it in his dick pocket. I don't know why that happened either. The cameras are still weird, and you got drunk, fucking drunk as balls, Brooke Hogan on the outside. I don't know if you noticed, she's like throwing popcorn at Gunner when he's standing out there. And then oh, when yeah. Scott Steiner comes out with the chair, she's like grabbing after the chair, and you can tell she's not supposed to be involved in the spot. And it's like Hogan, come get your fucking son, Brooke Hogan. And uh, goodness <laughs> gracious, <laughs> the whole finish is just my super- goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, didn't feel like, I didn't know that was gonna pop. That, that's pop of the night right there. Come get yeah. your son. <laughs> I'm dead. Oh god. At this oh. point, I'm just laughing at Daniel. Uh, are we talking about like? Are we talking about China level? Is it? I mean, all right, let's move. Back. You know, a little clit dickery, but <laughs> clickerous. <laughs> that's called the clickerous. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, we got to keep going. Angle, um, I mean, the finish of the match fucking sucked balls. Angle can see the guitar coming literally the entire fucking time. I, it was just super stupid. Um, I guess there was some attempts, yada, yada, fucking whatever. But really, I thought this was poorly booked, poorly executed. All the gaga ruined the match. I gave it a beer and a half. <laughs> beer and a half. I just got yeah. a boner for Perk Angle, I guess. I'm sorry, y'all. I mean, I gave it two beers, but... Uh, I mean, I feel like me and Jesse were pretty close to on par here. Let's uh, let's talk about this whole AEW segment here that we got. We got a promo from Moxley and Nagata. I mean, look, it's not for me, but I can get why they promoted it. Um, I mean, it. I mean, I don't know. I I I, I could literally never see John Moxley again, and it would be too soon, probably. Um, it's just not not for me. Yeah, dude, his whole like his whole octopus like. His whole like gorilla, like Neanderthal, like knuckle dragger thing that he does. Like, what He's is like that? He's like one of the like, annoying characters in Street Fighter that like has a weird ass fighting style. Dude is an actual. Blanca. He's Blanca. Real life living mongoloid. That is exactly what he is. Um, okay. I mean, look. And then we have this this Kenny Omega promo with with Tony Schiavone. Um, uh, man, I, I love the um, the announcement for for. Pack and Cassidy, and I love Omega ripping Cassidy, but I really hope it's Pack. Like, I, okay, because honestly, I feel like now, especially on this whole high from Rich Swan, now would have been the time. Like, literally, this exact same promo, and now would have been the time to have Adam Page walk from behind him. Now that he's a true baby face that everyone loves. Like, sure, he's still drinking, but he's not considered, like, this screw-up of a drunk as he was when they were tag team champions. You know what I mean? Like, people are behind him, and, like, now would be the time to kind of give him the rub. And you could literally have him actually drop the AEW title due to random interference from Rich Swan. That would be incredible. It'd be a great way to have things work. It'd be a great way to get Adam Page a little run, even if he does drop it back to Omega. 
Like, I don't know. To me, put Adam Page in this promo, and I'd like it more. Listen, I don't hate Cassidy. I do know that he's a good wrestler. I know that he's mostly gimmick. I think he's going to be good in the pack pack match. And I hope. I mean, it does seem like they're going to go with Cassidy and Omega, but I don't know. I don't think that's a smart choice personally. Um, we normally don't rate promos here, but I feel like this is kind of important for the direction of the main event of AEW, and therefore, ipso facto, kind of also impact wrestling. Um, Jesse, where are you at on this whole Kenny Omega promo? I mean, the whole angle, I guess I should say. I can tell you, I mean, there is no angle, you know, like this came out of nowhere. It was completely left field and I don't give two fucks about either match. I mean, either match is going to have great wrestling in it, but I'm not invested in either one of them. And as much as I like seeing Pac, like Pac, Pac, Pup, Punk, whatever. I think it's Pac. I think it's Pac. Um, much as I like seeing Neville, it's just one of those situations where uh, there's no, I mean, they're going to have to do a lot to build that in three weeks for me to really care that much about it. I mean, there's no story to it. There's no reason for them to dislike each other. The same thing with Cassidy, man. It's just not, there's, you know, I get it. Get the main event entrance that you've paid for with the Pixies tune and whatnot, but I just don't really get that the significance of it or nor do I think that it's going to push anybody forward. I mean, does Omega look better by conquering orange Cassidy? I don't think so. Actually, no, not at all. So it's flat to me. I don't like any of it. I think there are a million other things that they could do as the main event for this pay-per-view. And in my humble opinion right now, they need to have a main event that is going to want to push buys to the pay-per-view. They need it. They got to keep that steam going. And if they don't, people are just going to stop buying the shit, dude. I mean, I, if we're talking about buys then, and you're, I mean, I, I don't think you should shotgun Christian yet. I don't think he's the right pick. I, I, st- I firmly believe it's Adam Page. If you were booking, Jesse, if you had the pencil, who are you putting in that main event with Kenny Omega? Uh, if, with a different build, maybe I could see a way that you could have made Miro work. Um, okay. But that's before they took him the direction that they've taken him so far. I agree with you on the Adam Page thing. I also think that what they originally started doing with Scorpio Sky, had they kept that going, they might have had something in that by now. Yeah. Um, uh, I also think what would be smart for them, honestly, if they want a good match that some people have already seen and they know it's going to be good, but they want it in a much better forum and a much bigger deal, dude, do the fucking rematch with Swan. Honestly, that's what I was hoping they were going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get that eventually for sure. And I I think that putting it on AEW would be good, though. I think and and listen, like there's been a lot to be said about how, you know, Impact is really the only ones kind of getting a shine from AEW. And I think that Chris Jericho kind of has a point when he says that, because I think that, like, you know, in the end, Kenny Omega is going to do the job for somebody in Impact. and He's going to lose the Impact title. That's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it's and like I think that that's kind of what Chris is kind of saying. It's like, how does that really benefit AEW? Like, unless you're going to maintain like unless we're going to turn impact into essentially AEW's NXT, which could be fine as well. Maybe that, maybe that works out. Maybe that's awesome. But you know, I don't know. Honestly, they have, honestly, AEW is getting to a point where they have a WWE problem where they have a ton of talent and they don't have enough time to really give them adequate push. Um, Wex, where are you at on this, this Omega promo? And after you tell me about what you thought about the promo, give me your pen. If you had the pencil, who would you put in the main event? Well, if I had to choose between the two, between uh, Pac and Orange Cassidy, of course you're going to go Pac, because just like Kenny Omega said in the promo himself, 
It's going to be a good match. He's already beat me before. As, you know, Kenny Omega, Pac's already beaten Kenny Omega before. We know it's going to be a main event level. He, he said he and Kenny Omega even put over Pac saying, yeah, he's the second best guy in the company. So obviously it should be him. Because, but I understand Orange Cassidy, he's over with the fans. They want to see it. And but I don't think it's really going to help either guys because Orange Cassidy is going to lose his own his world title shot. And Kenny Omega is just going to beat Orange Cassidy, who, even though I like him and he's a good wrestler, he hasn't been portrayed like you're going to at least have to go for the TNT title. And you have to at least get a mid card title if you're kind of a joke yeah. comedy wrestler yeah. to build your kind of build your legitimacy if you're going to go for the world title. I agree. And so Pac is already a guy who I would, I mean, honestly, I'd love to see Kenny Omega versus Pac again. You know, it's going to be a goddamn solid match, even though there's not much story besides him being like number one contender, having the most wins, which AEW, you know, tries to push on the wins and losses thing. I would not mind seeing Pac, but if I had to choose somebody in the company, like I do, I mean, I, I get what you guys saying, the Rich Swan thing, but. I think that's too soon. I think that's going to happen eventually. I think they're going to yeah. build that up a little bit slower because Rich Juan hasn't even been on Impact in the past few episodes. Like he hasn't been wrestling on matches on Impact. I think he's just going to kind of, kind of let that simmer, let that simmer for a little while. Yeah, and let him pop no, back I agree. up. Somewhere. I agree. But if, if I like, if I had to choose someone like someone besides Pack, I do agree. Hangman Adam Page would be a perfect choice. But babyface wise, in AEW. I'm trying to think the only other person that I think would be good would maybe be like a Ray Phoenix. And they already have a little history there. And that's the only other person that I would go with. And well, he's a heel, but yeah. But that's no, no, he, no he, I think he's a, that's the thing. It's weird. Death triangle, Ray Phoenix and pack come out of the baby face tunnel, but Pentagon comes out of the heel tunnel. It doesn't make any sense. They're yeah. a faction. I would have gone Penta Kenny. If, you know, if, if we were in a spot where that match yeah. would make any fucking sense. But yeah, and Penta and Kenny would all yeah, dude, that that'd be fantastic. But like yeah. you said, there's no really story there. But the Phoenix makes sense because they've had those recent like world title matches and stuff. But the thing yeah. with AEW is they haven't built any. I mean, who are their faces really? Yeah. And like you say, people do want to see where it's happening. Actually, the Inner Circle, <laughs> their faces now. If you think about it, and what do yeah. they? Oh, have Inner next? Circle's face for sure. Inner Circle's so, face. I mean, but you don't. I mean, Jericho Omega right now isn't. No, not like, Jericho. Bro, Pinnacle like and Inner see... Circle is gonna run for the rest of this year. It it's should. Gonna, yeah. It, oh yes. But different think, different uh, incarnations of different combinations. There's so many guys there. Yes. It it's should gonna run for, for forever. If they ever get to go to the main event title picture, I think Sammy Guevara versus Kenny. Even though Sammy wouldn't be winning this early in his career, Sammy versus Kenny would be a. I agree. Anchor. That's that's fair. That's fair. Let's keep it rolling here. Let's bounce through these next. Uh, we're gonna bounce through the, actually these next oh, two matches. And we'll go ahead and say since we're getting into it, just Miro versus Darby Allen next week too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I was. I mean, the Miro promo. It's very, you know, rah, rah, rah. I am Miro's Miro. gonna win it. I'm yeah. calling it. Of course he is. I mean, and honestly, I think they're doing it to appease him because he's been pretty vocal about how he's unhappy with what, how he's been booked, and that's pretty fair. Um, we've. I think we've said that Miro's probably the worst book pro wrestler of, you know, his of our of our era at least. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> Speaking of bad booking, it's a package for RVD, Anderson, and Sting. Uh, it was meh at best. Um, and we're just going to knock these both out, man, because, like, to be completely honest, man, 
Like, this is one of those shows that we were covering here just to tell you, like, man, TNA Lockdown 2011 sucked as a show. It's I, I dare say this is one of the worst shows we have ever covered. It might be my lowest rated show we've ever covered on this show. Um, it wasn't good. Um, let's start with the triple threat, though. It's RVD versus Anderson versus Sting. Man, the whole, like, this whole, how are you going to get the word asshole over? Like, it's really, ne- like, why did he try to, why did they really try to make that happen for so long? It was never going to get over. Really bad idea. Um, and also, too, like, okay, this is like a 16 by 16 ring. And, like, there's no space, like, apron space. So, like, there's no place for a third guy to lay out. And it's not like all three of these guys can, like, really go in this moment. So maybe that's why it was so short. Um, I don't know. The whole Hogan thing with a pipe and Hogan like way overselling it, like slamming it on the rope or slamming it on the on the steps and like hitting the cage with it. It was just it was not good, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, the, especially like, I don't know the way the acknowledgement of the camera hole in the cage bothers me. I know you guys like that, but it's like, I don't know to me that like takes me out of like the moment. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's a production thing, but it's like, you know, when our, when Hogan gives RVD the pipe in the most like non-sexual way, um, it feels very, it takes me out. Like that's a production element to me. You know what I mean? Maybe it's me. I mean, you guys thought it was clever. So I feel like that's only me, but. I mean, my thing with that is that it's there because it's a production element and a necessary one, but it's also glaringly there, so you're going to notice it. And in my opinion, because it's there, it's smart to take advantage of it. Because if you don't, yeah. it's just like people are going to wonder why. Because like, here's the thing. If you were in a fight, would you not take advantage of something like that if there was a way to? I mean, like, yeah, that's the thing. It, it To me, it's just kind of – it would. it's like Tanae laying out earlier when the ref starts counting fucking Jarrett's shoulders down or Angle's shoulders down. It's like if you don't say anything about it, it still doesn't go away. Like you notice yeah. it and you know it's there. You kind of have to That's address fair. it head on somehow. And in my opinion, to use it to cheat is smart. But either see, way, it was a and, short match. Yeah, but all like the way we talked about them using it earlier was better because he reached in and like grabbed his leg. With a pipe, you could just throw that over the top. So that's kind of dumb. So well, Hulk Hogan's not throwing anything over the top of a cage at this and point in his career. The fucking lock of the door, you could have just opened the fucking door, huh? Yeah, I agree. That's a little silly. Um, yeah, overall it was a beer for me. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on these matches just because I feel like it's giving him too much shine. Uh, Jesse, where, where were you at overall on this one? I also gave it a beer. I thought the booking was intriguing in terms of the match participants. And, and I say that because when I first looked at the card, I was like, huh, that could yeah. be interesting because I don't remember watching this. I'm sure I probably didn't because I would have remembered how much of a fucking train wreck that it was. Right. Um, the placement... I thought was also just, I mean, I, I wrote a note about the placement before the match was done. And then when the match was done, it's like the placement should have just been off the fucking card. Like it should have just been placed and not on anybody's television set ever. The rope spot where they pulled the ropes down and RVD hit his head against the cage door and it flew open was real fucking weird. That super forced double scorpion death lock spot was like one of the dumbest fucking most convoluted things I've ever seen. And then the end, Anderson just like waits forever on Sting to eventually get up and drop him for the win or whatever. I gave it one beer. Intriguing booking. Everything else was pure shit. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling. Wax, where you at on it? Yeah. 
I'm pretty much right there with both of you. One beer for this match, just because we had some RVD. And the crowd was super hot for RVD when he came out. He was super over. I feel like he was over in every promotion he was ever in. It's just, it's RVD. It's fucking RVD. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. It does, doesn't matter. And like you said, that stupid double convoluted Scorpion Deathlock, the double mic. It's like they were just doing double mic checks, double moves everywhere. And this K, like just again, like an earlier match, the cage hindered what could have been in this match because anytime someone did a top rope move, it just kind of made it look less impactful because the cage was so high. And they nobody was really going off the cage besides Perk Angle in that one match. And I, I, I 100% was thinking RVD's going off the top, right? Wouldn't you yeah. think that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm like, dude, RVD. Expect- yeah. I'm like, dude, RV- dude, cage match, RVD's going off the top. But again... Yeah. How are there rope breaks in a triple threat cage match? That that that's no double sense. no disqualification right yeah, there. Yeah, makes it's no triple sense. Triple threat and a cage match, and they're still doing rope breaks. And that was just like, dude. And whenever uh, Hogan gave him the pipe, I was like, is this is this symbolic? Because you know RVD's gonna smoke the pipe. I yeah. honestly thought he should have did like a bong reference and then threw it at him. But yeah, you know maybe he he couldn't get away with that with TNA management at the time, but. Hogan came out with that shitty ripoff NWO music. Like, as soon as I saw Hogan, I was just like, yeah, this is trash. And then it just ended out of nowhere. Yeah. I think because they tried, they probably had a 15 minute match planned out and had to do it in like seven, whatever this was. Yeah. Probably and something just, like that. It was not, it did not hit. It was not hitting right. Yeah. And it's wild because, like, somehow the next match ended up getting a ton of time. It's like. And, Okay, and I have wait before we get to the next one. I have a note here at the top of this. Just go read Amazon customer reviews of Lockdown 2011. Thank you, you for that it? tidbit. No, you, Thank you just for that it's tidbit. they're 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 really fucking hilarious, and some are very spot on. Like a lot of the shit that we pointed because it's just so obvious and how fucking garbage this shit is. I mean, you can't get more garbage than the actual main event here. It's Bully Ray, Matt Hardy, Abyss, and Ric Flair versus James Storm, Bobby Roode, Frankie Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels in a lethal lockdown match. The first, okay, the format is trash. Um, it's impossible to make this work with it being one ring. It's just impossible with that many people and. Honestly, it's a small ring, too. So it, it literally it's a can of sardines. And, you know, Flair's getting the biggest pops. and He's supposed to be a heel. Flair's juicing. And it's a half naked old man in the middle of a ring bleeding. 2011 TNA. That's their new that's their new tagline. Half naked old man in the middle of the ring bleeding. 2011 <laughs> TNA. Um, the crowd is dead. for this. Um, the backdrop off the top of the cage was super scary. Um, dude, Shit. the dive off the top was insane. And honestly, I kind of feel like that's really what should have happened. Like, they should have gotten everybody there to catch Jericho in Blood and Guts. But we'll get to that. Uh, The AJ Pop was great. Uh, It was a shame he wasn't in the match. And honestly, that made me, like, it made me mad. I was like, wait, he's healthy? He's healthy and he's not on the show? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm done with this. Um, One beer. Uh, I give it one beer. It was just not good. Jesse, where you at on it? Well... Obviously, the same old War Games format. They, I thought they, you know, at first they kind of did a decent job of sort of following the same old song and dance there, which is a proven thing. I mean, it makes sense. And then when you get the last guy in, you go to drop the fucking top of the cage with the weapons on it. So it's a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat, which never fucking works. Everybody knows in these matches that once the final guy is in, the clock is ticking. Like, you really need to 
go ahead and end the fucker. I mean, it's already taken X amount of time before the last guy's in the match. You know it's going to take that amount of time. So once they're in, you kind of want to get to the fucking point, make it interesting, I think. The There are a couple of decent spots, but the crowd was gone. They might as well have all left the fucking building. I mean, they were not into this at all. There was like a pop for Christopher Daniels crossbody off the top of the cage. Keeping in mind, this is his second bout of the evening. Um, somewhere in my notes, I wrote, will this match please join Katie Vick in hell right now? Because I want it to be over <laughs> that bad. Good night. With eight guys with weapons in a cage, and we really needed interference from AJ Styles. Is that really what we needed here? I gave it a beer and a half. Shouldn't have been the main. Uh, these matches never should be the main. I don't understand why CD's working twice and Flair is in this match. I mean, you got for fuck's sake, yeah. you got people on the roster. Book better. Book AJ better. Styles. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. God. Come yeah. fuck on, man. They could have easily put him in this match. It would have been nine times better. Even though, actually, I don't know about that. It no. still probably would have sucked X. Yeah. But, Yeah. Black, black, black. Lex, wrap it up, man. Don't give this match too much shine. So, Lethal Lockdown, a.k.a. TNA War Blood Games and Guts. War Blood Games and Guts. <laughs> but, uh, like, the Wish version. It was, uh, it was tiny, that little, like... And, yeah, honestly, fair. until Ric Flair came in the ring and got busted with the beer bottle and started bleeding, there was no blood. It was pretty, like, tame. Yeah. And then even with and like when the weapons came down, it was just fucking so so crazy. They had two screen, they had like a double screen, one like two different angles because so much bullshit was going on. It was so just fucking convoluted, and that like Immortal was all WWE guys except for Abyss, which I thought was kind of weird. I, was, yeah. I don't know how he ended up in that spot to get with the the all WWE guys, and like that little spot that Christopher Daniels did with Matt Hardy where he did his fade to black and Matt Hardy reversed out of it was yeah. like sloppiest, like worst, slow, real bad, like, low energy. Like I was just like, dude, Matt Hardy. This And they kept calling him. He's cold blooded. Matt Hardy. Was, was that his moniker at the time? Yeah. So that's yeah. one that he hasn't brought back because he knew it sucked. I agree. I agree. It was not good at all. Uh, and, let's. Uh, yeah. yeah keep- just uh, like I said. You already said it. Bare ass old man. Second ass of the show. We didn't really need to see any of that. It was goddamn trash. I'm also going to give it one beer just because I got to see Flair get a little bloody and get a little funny. He got he was like he was a heel and he was like popping to the crowd doing a shtick. It just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that. Uh, let's let's get to the main event of AEW. The uh, the juice of of the current product these days. Um, how are we feeling about blood and guts it's the pinnacle versus the inner circle uh wex since i kind of rushed you through that last one i'll let you go ahead and lead off base here what do you think about the pinnacle versus the inner circle i mean for aw's version of war games aka blood and guts which apparently they got they use the name blood and guts because that was a name that dusty was using at one point for the match so at least it has some type of substance there so it's not just some made-up shit so i can understand how they can come how they can compare it, and, you know, his daddy was in it, oh, uh, Cody, but, dude, this match was great. I enjoyed how fucking bloody and gnarly it was. I loved how the inner circle had their prison gear, and it was a nice touch from the pinnacle with the white gear because the blood is just going to go perfect with the white shit. And so many fantastic, like, spots and just little things here and there. I love the, like, fucking marvel superhero stare off where they both like five on five finally went at each other from the inside dude sammy guevara spanish fly from ring to other ring was one of the sickest things and it's coast to coast 
Yeah. Pulling out the Shane McMahon or the Van Terminator. I'm not going to, you know, you got to give it to RVD. He's the OG. Yeah. And I also liked how, you know, in WWE, they'll just set a chair on somebody and they'll just lay there with a chair. Like, I liked yeah. how someone actually held it and he was like trying to fight it off the whole time and wasn't like just, I'm just going to lay here with the chair and let you jump set yeah. up for 10 seconds and jump across the ring and drop kick me or whatever. But, dude. It definitely delivered on the brutality, like the exposed double pile driver on the uh, the pine, as they were saying. And the very uh, last sequence of the match when Tully, you know, started firing off and opened up and let MJF get out and Jericho chased him up. Like, And another thing Jesse pointed out earlier, the commercials, the fucking pitcher and pitcher really fucked this up because yep. you could see like – Jericho is basically just setting up, waiting to climb up during the commercial because it was just that really kind of took it a took a little bit away for me. And then when they got to the top, it was sort of a botch, but Jericho saved it. It was funny. I saw him clearly go for the blade, but he went for it way too early. I don't know why he went for it so early, and he was just holding it with two fingers the entire time. And MJ was putting him, him in submissions, and he was just holding his finger, like holding his like hand up, like still holding it with just two fingers. And he held on to it the whole time because finally whenever he hit him with the ring, he hit the blade. And I was just like, dude, why didn't you just fucking wait until he pulled out the ring and you went down you did the blade? He just – Held onto the blade way too long. I don't know, like maybe they fucked up the spot or something, but I noticed he was just holding on to it, but he didn't drop it and it didn't fuck up. So I don't know if anybody would notice it as much as I did, but I really honed in on that. And the bump at the end, dude, Jericho's 50 years old. Did y'all want him to pull a Matt Hardy and fucking literally fall on his head from that high? And like, I mean, up? okay, look, but what I'm saying is it's like it's eight and a half feet at most, and you get 10 other dudes down there to catch him. Yeah. I think that that would be way more impactful too. Okay. Okay. Well, not that would be that would be okay too. Or even if it was just bump, his all of his dudes, four guys could have easily caught him easily. And you could bump, have even gimmicked like the walkway to where even when they fall, it's very padded. But like I don't know. I, yeah. It wasn't that bad, dude. I could like honestly, I can compare it to WrestleMania with Kane, uh, Raven, and Big Show. That obviously Agreed. like hugely padded thing. Undertaker and Kane. I mean, I mean, Undertaker and Triple H, like Shane McMahon, like so many like obvious padded like surfaces. It's like, who cares? Jericho's 50 year old man. I did not expect him to even do anything like that. Honestly, I can't I can't shit on it like that because they're at least trying to protect him. They made it look as cool as they could. Yeah. I, I, I do agree that they would just had a different camera angle and kept it what kept it at that just kind of like how they fucked up on the big show and Shane McMahon the original camera angle was like real cool from behind you couldn't see that it was a crash pad yeah they would just kept it like it is and didn't like zoom in because like I noticed Jericho looked like he was smiling when they were like trying to like work on him and I was like oh come on but then he like then it came back again it looked like he was oh so I don't know if it was just me misinterpreting his emotion at the time but honestly Bloody as fuck. I love the Santana and Ortiz dead presence thing again. And the brutal ass bumps when they were getting thrown into the cage and not landing on the apron and just sliding all the way down to the floor. That was like, that was definitely a botch. And, but it looked so brutal. I was just like, God damn. Great. I went five pack. Didn't go a six pack because of those few little things that I mentioned that just took it down for me. But overall for a fucking free TV show. Can't fucking complain on that. Jesse, where are you at on it, man? I thought they did a great job with it overall. I, I had several of my notes that came across during for the majority of the match where it's just like, this seems fucking real. 
which is the thing that's lacking in a lot of these kinds of things. There are a lot of fight-like elements that everybody was giving it their all. They were beating the piss out of each other the entire time. A lot of blood. Pinnacle looked great with the blood on them, though. I really liked that they. I love that they rocked the white gear. Yeah. I mean, it was just like accentuated that whole thing so much more. Picture in picture fucking killed it for me. I really, I mean, that honestly took a whole beer off for me. Um, and I, I fucking hated it. it. It just really is kind of one of those things. Again, they could have timed the show out to a point where there weren't breaks then or something. There's a way around it for fuck's sake. But that was awful. Two very important things happened during picture in picture during the match. One was Wardlow coming into the match. And then one was obviously them getting out and trying to climb up to the side of the cage or whatever. Sammy Guevara, to me, is the breakout of this match. I thought that he looked the best by far. He had a couple of pretty, like, noticeable big slips, but to be honest, again, it was realistic enough looking, and it looked like they were in a frenzied fight that I, it didn't bother me. Yeah. I really still thought that it looked good. Uh, Hager looked better than I'd seen him in a long time, even though he's still kind of a goof. He's still awkward with everybody, but, like, he still looked better than I thought. Um, the... All in all, man, I thought they did a fucking wonderful job. I thought everybody walked out of here looking better than they did walking in, which is a hard thing to accomplish with 10 fucking guys. I didn't look the fall. The way to do that spot is to put the crash pad under something that he has to break through. I mean, put it under something that looks like it's fucking plywood or something like that. At least something that breaks the cardboard breaking apart and the high angle from above that shot it. Those are the two culprits here. Had they undone one of those two things, you'd have been fine. Nobody would have said shit. I gave it five beers, all because of the picture in picture. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm close. I'm at four and a half beers. Um, look, I I don't think okay. I'm not the, I'm not the kind of dude where it's like oh well, just because it was a crash pad bump, it ruins the entire thing. That's silly. The match was insanely good. Uh, the bell to bell work was really really great. Uh, you know, and a lot of people are like oh you know some of it's barbaric. Like I don't know. I, Maybe I'm just an old man fan, but like I'm I mean, I like the juice, man. I like the color. I feel like it adds emotion when it's appropriate. And I feel like this feud is the hottest thing they have going and it's appropriate for this. It's dude. How are you not going to it's a blood and guts match? How are you not going to have blood? Like, I mean, it doesn't I don't know. It, It was now I will say there were a couple angles where you could literally see like. It's just like deadpan on Chris Jericho and you literally watch him pick his tape and get his blade out and it's yeah, like so that's all you, like that's just not yeah for sure i mean it's just it's and he yeah and he held on to it for forever it was just i don't know um there were a couple things that, that, that were noticeable to me and again like listen i i get that and jesse you're right maybe if it was just shot a little bit differently and maybe if it'd still been a crash pad but if they had tried a little bit harder uh, on the production side of the special affects if you will um it would have been a little bit better but i also think too man like why, why don't you just have a whole brawl down there and just, ha- or I just have Sammy jump off. Like, and that's your big bump. Like, you know what I mean? Like that would have been fine. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's all, I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it, I don't think it had to happen. And so that's why when people are like, I see why people are bummed out about it. So to me, I'm like, man, you could have got away with just not doing it at all. Or like just not doing it that way. So I'm saying, if you're going to do a big bump like that, I don't think that was, that was probably one of the not better ideas to do. You know what I mean? Um, but it again, didn't kill the match four and a half years. And let's dude, this is in the easiest kayfabe comparison in the history of three seasons of this show so far. It's by far and away blood and guts. And that's also to say 
the main event was only the real good thing here. I mean, the tag team match was decent, but everything else was kind of meh at best. This was definitely not one of AEW's best shows, even though it was rated really well. Um, and it got a lot of views doesn't mean it was one of their best shows. And honestly, the fact that it got so many views and it wasn't one of their best shows may actually come back to bite them in the ass. Uh, but, but we'll see, um, Wex, Wex, where, you know, where are you at on this kayfabe comparison? Just, I just want to say, what does that say about a 2011 TNA pay-per-view that is just complete trash going up against an free TV AEW show that, like you said, wasn't one of their best. I mean, it was pretty good, but it definitely wasn't one of their best. That just yeah. shows how trash the booking was at TNA in 2011 at the time. And I mean, like you said, besides the rest of the matches, I think we had some good storyline progression, at least with those matches. Yeah, I will that's say fair. That. That's fair. Even though they weren't like, you know... Barn burner bangers. At least we got storyline progression. I hope the Cody QT shit is over. Yeah. At least that ended. Hopefully that so yeah, just exactly. ended. Yeah. Well, it did because now it's Cody versus Anthony Agogo. Yeah. Okay. Because well. he punched him in the gut and put the flag over him. Because that's All just right. so disrespectful because, you know, we hate foreigners. We're at war with Britain. Oh, yep, my God. Exactly. Yep. Okay. But obviously, AW Blood and Guts 100% beat out that trash of a lockdown. All right, Jesse. Where are you at on the comparison? I know it's unanimous, but just tell me why. Look, Blood and Guts won, but I got to tell you, when I did my average out, it only won by three quarters of a beer. Yeah. It, it didn't win by that much, and I'll tell yeah. you why. Wes and I disagree that there was any story advancement with any of the other matches on AEW. There was none. Tell me what advanced in any of those stories. Literally zero. Well, now we have a matchup for next week. We have the new number one contenders for the AEW World Tag so Team that Championships. That was going to happen anyway. Was not, but, I, I didn't know it was going to be a few. didn't know for sure. So, there you go. That's, that's, that's not an advancement. And we got, and, 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 we got the setup for John Moxley versus Nagata. Even though it's not very much a story, we at least have a setup for next week. Wait, 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 wait. wait maybe wait, 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 that wait, wait, will wait. evolve. What does that have to do with the matches in Blood and Guts? Well, I guess on the matches, never mind. Okay, so then matches... And they announced that before this anyway. So besides the tag team match... <laughs> uh, no, I'm thinking here. And even though you guys don't like it, we've seen it, we've seen it many times, the beatdown angle after the, ta the opening tag team match did advance something. And Cody setting up his next feud against Anthony Agogo did advance something. No, it didn't. I mean, it's fucking still the it, same shit. He's still going against the, the same, same people. It's the same facts. I mean, yeah. even it's the same thing. It technically did set up for something next week. I'm, I'm just just saying well, it did. I, it did I mean, continue the flow of the show. I think if you have to reach, it proves my point. I just yeah. did not think any part of this show. I thought everything in the show dragged the show down, except for the actual blood and guts match itself. Therefore, I really thought they should have just centered this as a special event around just that match. And I think that that's something I that agree. they need to be able to do more often too. They're going to have to differentiate their live TV a little bit. If they're going to continue to run storylines this way, especially with like five on five. Honestly, what be, I think they should. Yeah. Go ahead. I guess I'm wrong this time. time. Well, I mean, most times, but yeah. I mean, I for still, me, I still did say that it won. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I agree with Jesse fully. I think that they should have promoted this, too, as like a maybe like a Saturday night thing for 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 yeah. TNT is just a one hour special. And it's just blood and guts. Uh, and you could have had an undercard. You could have filmed Elevation and Dark um, and had it live for the live crowd. And it probably would have been way more exciting for the live crowd, too. 
Um, and then you would have had this great blood and guts match. And that would have been the talk of the town. Still would have got great ratings. It would have been on a different night. Uh, it would have been done well for the network. It would have done well for AEW. Um, but at the same time too, it does win this kayfabe comparison. That also being said, TNA lockdown is the worst scored show that I've ever had ever on the history of this show. So, um, it's the worst show ever. Um, moving on. Speaking of next week though, uh, we have backlash or WrestleMania backlash, excuse me. 2021 going up against impacts under siege. siege. Uh, so, so uh, we're going to have to get out your cock and, uh, and watch uh, WrestleMania backlash there. And then you're going to have to tap into that, uh, that IP plus and get uh, impact and watch under siege. Cause it's a network special for them, right? Or, That's uh, correct. Impact plus special. Yeah. So um, Jesse, what do we have to look forward to for backlash and for under siege here? So, you know, WrestleMania Backlash is one of those things, like, we got to cover it when it happens live. I'm not excited about it, frankly. I, you know, the current WWE product has been lackluster at best lately. I'm not very psyched for anything that I've heard. I really couldn't tell you what the fucking matches are, frankly. And I, I mean, Cesaro and Reigns is going to be dope. Like, it's going mean, to be a good match. It'll be a good match, but, I mean, it's like, we all know where it's going. You know what I mean? Like, eh. So, hopefully it's a good match. I don't know. Anyway. Impact Under Siege, I'm stoked about, though. We got that fucking fire-ass six-way for the number one contendership for the Impact yep. title there to, you know, determine some things, forward some story. Um, there's some knockouts matches. There's some other great matches that are going to be on that card. And I know that it's just an Impact Plus special and not exactly a pay-per-view. However, getting to do a current versus current of WWE versus Impact is very intriguing to me in the landscape course, yeah. it is 2021. I think it'll get a lot more intriguing around July when we see where some of these displaced WWE talents go. It's that yeah. time of year. But leading up to that, I still think it's going to be very, very cool to see what these two companies are doing up against one another. I agree. Wex, how you feeling about uh, next week? We got Impact versus WWE, current versus current. I'm actually uh, pretty excited about it. And that six-way match to determine the number one contender, I actually have a video up on my YouTube channel where I was predicting you know, five people that I would like to see Kitty Omega face, and two out of those five actually ended up in the match, Moose and Chris Bay, and either one of those guys is going to be my pick for winning that match, because I would yeah. love to see either of them take on Kenny Omega, especially after that six man they had it hard to kill. That, that yeah. Spanish fly, Kenny Omega, Moose looked like great that match, and dude, Moose is definitely changed my opinion on him in like the past year i was like i oh, always thought moose was pretty dull he's definitely stepped his charisma up in his story he's just he's, he's doing a lot better i like like his yeah. work yeah and lots of other good matches on that card and one uh there's uh, still to be determined josh alexander we don't know who he's going to defend the impact uh x division championship against yet so that's going to be very interesting and just like jesse said going up against wwe it's going to be interesting, and yeah, I don't really know. I really don't know any other matches besides the Roman Reigns thing, and honestly, that's the only good storyline going in WWE right now. Yeah, I agree. Is I the Reigns is the Reigns family because now they got Jimmy yeah. so back in the fold? If y'all been watching that shit, it's. Yeah. But we got Jinder Mahal back yesterday, guys. Oh, I didn't see that. And on that oh, yeah, note, oh okay. yeah, uh, the scene. <laughs> on that uh, note, two, two the Bollywood boys grew up. The two Bollywood boys hit the juice. Oh, good. Good for them. Well, two weeks from now, what do we have going on, Jesse? It's going to air on the 29th. What do we have uh, two weeks from now for kayfabe comparisons here? It's two other guys. Yeah, no, yeah. There, there's two other big uh, Indian guys now instead of them, so I said that's why they hit the juice, and you said good oh, for them. Oh, my God. 
Good for Yikes. them. Yeah. Yikes. Um, so the week after that, we're going to do a little uh, revisit the old indie spotlight format. And we got some uh, lining up a little TBA special announced type guesticle scenario there. So you guys will just have to wait and see on that one. But indie spotlight is a format that I love a lot where we get to talk to somebody who's currently working, delve into their careers a little bit and see what the fuck is going on. What got them to where they are, what their plans are, what they're trying to do and how they plan to get there. That'll be interesting, and that's going to be recorded a few short days after the next show that we're all working out in Centerville, yep. Tennessee at Revive Pro Wrestling. And a little birdie tells me that the Indie Spotlight's going to be someone that's on that card. Ooh, so I love that. The show, too. We'll That'd be see. very cool. That'd be very cool. I, you know, I always love visiting luxurious uh, Centerville, Tennessee, as, as Jesse Baker has donned it. Um, yeah. I mean, Wex, how you feeling about that uh, next week's or two weeks from now, that Indie Spotlight? And also... You know, the actual My Holy Trinity making their uh, their commentary debut as you're getting this podcast on the public feed. Oh, well, I'm pretty excited about the debut of the team finally making it there. Apparently, we've been told there's just going to be a one big shotgun mic and we're just going to all have to yell at it. That's so, cool. We got it. That's going to be great. I feel like that'll be perfect. We can make that work. It'll be a, a solid show. I'm excited for the show and I'm excited for the indie spotlight because there's so many great possibilities of people who could be on. And just like me and Jesse, that crux show that we just saw last weekend, insane. When it comes on IWTV, you're going to get to hear a little bit of me and Jesse on commentary here, there on some matches. And you're going to see some, just some slobber knockers, some just crazy, like good shit, technical shit, crazy shit. And like we were talking about blood and guts. People said just it was how just like egregious and just horrible, just how horrible and terrible it was and just gross and how it set the business back. Me and Jesse watched two men stab each other with a fork with their head bloody and then shove nacho cheese from the trash can into each other's foreheads and then proceed to just bloody and beat the fuck out of each other in the most outrageous thing you've ever seen in your life. Don't spoil it for him, shit. Man, that sounds exciting. I didn't I'm say excited. which two men. I'm excited to talk about I didn't say that. which two men, but if you, you, uh, might, you yeah, might have seen a few I clips mean. here on Twitter of that exact scenario. I gotta tell but, you guys, I'm gonna be brutally honest. You put me behind a mic uh, in front of whatever I see, and I will be brutally honest, and I can promise you that. So uh, we'll see how this whole thing turns out. Maybe Daniel Daybreak or uh, Mr. Know It All himself will have a short lived career, but I can guarantee you I'll be honest <laughs> behind the commentary booth. Um, so, yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. Thanks for joining us. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak. You can always find the show at KFabe.com or if you're on TikTok and you're following our, you know, uh, matches of the week, it's a good time over there. We're getting quite quite a few uh, views these days. You can find us at Kfabe.com Pod because again, Wex is an asshole and messed everything up. Um, so yeah, that's the only thing that we don't have that's uh, that's not Kfabe.com. Kfabe.com Pod on TikTok. Let's have a great time, uh, Jesse. Where can people find you, man? At Jesse Baker Nash on Instagram and Twitter, and just regular old Jesse Baker on Facebook. You should also follow both Crux Wrestling and Revive Pro Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the places. Killer, killer. Wex, give him the script, baby. Let's get out of here. The same thing that Jesse just said at the end. Then you can also follow me at Wex Breaking the Lawson on the old Instagram and YouTube where I got some old fun wrestling shit for y'all that, uh, you know, might not be on here, but also might be on here too. You never know. But, and also you can find me at Wex Breaking the on Twitter where, you know, like talk about, uh, wrestling, skateboarding, maybe some Tennessee Titan shit. And, uh, hopefully 
be on the lookout for that Patreon. Get subscribed. You might hear some more foosball shit from me and Daniel and my brother and maybe some other people too and yep. maybe some other sports if you guys like yep. sports balls. Yep, I get to see Jesse and some buddies do some watch-alongs too, some pretty cool stuff. We got a lot of cool stuff panning out for the Patreon. It's going to be the year of K-Pay comparison. It's going to be a hot summer, boys. Uh, I'm excited. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Be sure to hit that subscribe button as always, and we'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace. <laughs>